it was one of those like, this is what I wanted. Wow. This is Johnny Fever. This is radio. And and then it kind of honestly, it quickly declined after that because of, um, you know, Napster. changes and, and being able to, yeah, <laughs> Napster recording things, stealing things. Yeah. And, and the DJ really, um, for the companies I worked with, lost their importance to corporate, the corporate creative team, which was a real disappointment. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting into something that you love to do your creative part. And then like, oh, yeah, welcome aboard. We don't do creative anymore. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my interview with Van Gunter. My next guest has spent over 20 years as a voice actor, eight years as a radio DJ, and for the last 16 years has been an audio engineer. He works with his best friends and is part owner of the studio where he began as an intern, Batwell Studios. His name is Van Gunter. We were introduced by Kelly Buttrick many years back when he attended his first FAFCON, and I've been trying to get him on this podcast for a long time, so I'm really excited that he was able to join me today. His understanding of how things work both in front of and behind the glass is bound to make for some very interesting observations and golden nuggets. And of course, sound has been a big part of his life for a long, long time. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And if you'd consider it, I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. You can leave a review that I'd love to feature in future podcasts, either in written or in voice format from the podcast's main page. And now, here's my interview with Van Gunter. Well, thank you so much for being here, Van. I am super thrilled to have you with me today because this has been a long time coming. <laughs> It has. I mean, it, it's we we talk so often on Source Connect, but mm -hmm. and we it's funny. Like we try we try to have conversations that are a lot more, uh, I guess, uh, a lot more detailed than time allows. You know, yeah. Like, Crap. Okay, we gotta get to work. Hold that thought. Let me get the client online, and then <laughs> yeah. and then gotta get into the session. Like, well, bye, Jody, my Canadian of friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is. it's awesome to be here and have time. Yeah, there's never enough time, is there? <laughs> no. But we will no, we'll get we'll get deep into it today, I hope. Uh yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the first question that I usually ask, and and I get some interesting questions on this, is do you have an early memory of how sound moved you? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I'd love to hear it. And there's a few of them. Um one of them was this is such a strange memory to have, that I remember being in the in a playpen or in the crib and I was thinking I was thinking how bored that I was as a kid and I remember it was supposed to be nap time and the lights were a little bit off and I was like god I'm so bored and I remember my grandfather and my grand and my grandfather and my mom opening the door and coming in at the same time but I remember this the squeak of the door which kind of let me know like oh they're trying to be quiet but someone's coming in to check on me but they're here and that was one of those it was such a cue, and it still is, that if someone is ever 
if someone's creeping up on you, you hear a door go, you know, someone's coming in. So that was always, that was one of the first that was just a, oh, I remember, I know that sound now. And then the second sound that I really remember, and it's one that I cannot stand, is the sound of uh, balloons popping. It oh. scares me to death as an adult still. I hate that sound. Really? Why is that? Because when we were, <laughs> well, all right. Here we go. I was yeah. in, uh, in school as a child, or I guess it was preschool. You know, they'd have the, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. We're all going to get ice cream, and now we're going to do a balloon pop. So everybody had a balloon, and it was like whoever pops their balloon last lost. I don't know what it was, but you were in this really reverberant room that had those linoleum floors and you know, it's, there's no soundproofing anywhere. It was just super loud. And it was the sound of all these kids screaming and like 30 balloons popping. And as a child, it was so anxiety inducing. I was like, I hate that sound. So anytime I see balloons or people grab them and start going, or I'm going to pop it, I will walk out of the room or I will you know, I don't blame you. Mm -mm. It's not a pleasant sound. I agree. Yeah. And it's it's uh, very startling as well. So <clears throat> those are those are my two earliest memories of sound. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> a lot of detail in that one. A lot of detail. I love it. Uh, so my next question then is, how did you get interested in sound? Because, I mean, you make your living in that right now. So there's got to be quite a transition from, you know, what you were doing in school to ending up as a part owner at Boutwell. And <laughs> yeah, it was it, it started my dad. My father was born in 1928. So I had an older father than most kids. And I was born in 76. So my dad was like 50 when I was born. <clears throat> but my dad listened he listened to a lot of, we used to call it funeral music, and it was just the, the old people's music. <laughs> and they, they would have singing like this, you know, like, well, put another nickel in, in the Nickelodeon. And it was such a weird sounding tone to me. That, and my dad totally dug it. And I would make fun of it, but I would start to impersonate it, you know, and go, let's listen to some more songs. You know, like a 1930s radio broadcaster because they would still play those things and it was such a it was such a weird juxtaposition between the stuff that my sister and I because she's six years older than me were listening to which was I don't know Motley Crue and Romeo Void and whatever weird obscure punk rock and main school stuff was on and it was just fun it was fun to hear all these different sounds from my old man my old dad and my sister who's six years older and and just putting it all together in a big pot and I remember when I first heard Sade Smooth Operator on the radio on the way to school. Oh, my God. I, I love saying, that song. <laughs> I do, too. Oh, it's, it's so That's cool. my favorite song to sing, too, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> uh, it's just, man, you feel cool. Like, you feel like you're doing something smooth operator. And it's just it's that whisper. Yeah. And it was something that kind of put me in a little trance on the way to school. Even though I thought she was saying smooth bopperetta, which is not at all what she was saying but you can still sing it the smooth operetta operetta um yeah <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that but that's uh that's shot a for you my impersonation well done <laughs> thank you <laughs> but, but um but that was that was a, a good start i guess to it and also wkrp in cincinnati the tv oh, yeah. show 
That was a great man one. that used to come on all the time. I loved it. And I loved Johnny Fever and I wanted to be Johnny Fever because I thought this guy's just nuts and he can walk in with his sunglasses on and play records and everyone thinks that he's wild and crazy and he's Johnny Fever. And, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be Johnny Fever. So I knew I wanted to go into radio as a kid. But when I was a kid in school, trying to match that skill set up to uh, what you were offered in school. Oh, that's it didn't hard. Really, it didn't match. Yeah. yeah. And so there wasn't anybody that was that would ever say, you know, talkative kid, here's some things you could do. Instead, it was more, you know, you get a progress report and talks excessively in class, gets along <laughs> well with others, can't sit down, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So it was I, I, I didn't have a, a clear direction of what to do with being a disruptor. I just knew that I was loud and talked and tried to be nice <laughs> and with that and then in middle school we took a standardized test where you got to fill out all these scantron uh little bubbles to decide what you wanted to be so it was like choose some adjectives choose some adjectives okay edgy fun i don't know creative blah 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 and i choose some of this over here and i choose this six weeks later i get it back and it says boilermaker <laughs> i'm going to be a boilermaker <laughs> didn't even know what a boilermaker was as a seventh grader how in the world but, did that pop up with all that different information? I don't understand. Not a clue. I kind of don't understand do the education system. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. That's a whole nother tale. Yeah, yes. I don't. I don't either. But you know, there and nowadays. I've <clears throat> nowadays as an older statesman. <laughs> but there is a kid that is coming in. A kid. He's seventeen. He's a kid. Is that kid? If you're seventeen, he's a kid. <laughs> high school kid coming in later this afternoon and he had he's six foot two and has this incredible james earl jones super deep voice and he is so shy about it but he so we've been working on just getting used to your voice and being proud of your voice and realizing that it's your calling card and he sounds i mean it is when he talks everyone stops and turns but it makes him a little self-conscious so yeah just Knowing like he didn't really he doesn't know what to do. His parents came to me and I was like, this is great. We're going to work together. We'll figure something out. And that was what was missing when I was growing up was there wasn't really a, you know, oh, you should go to Hollywood or a voice actor camp. That didn't exist. It was just you're a boilermaker. You're going <laughs> to die a boilermaker. So are you teaching him to be a voice actor or are you uh, teaching him to sing or like what's going on? <clears throat> we have been learning Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere. So it's got all of these hard-to-pronounce cities and states, which I didn't know. The original song, I believe, was Canadian, and it has all these Canadian towns, and we listened to that version and went, nope, uh-uh, no, we're going American on this. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was much easier. And we uh, we've been working on that song, and I realized through my best friend Brad, who's our music engineer that works here, a trick that he learned from a producer is that to get singers to sing loud, you turn the volume up, you know, in their headphones or whatever it is, and they'll, so they can hear themselves. So I've been wanting him to project a little bit more, but I've just been turning up the volume and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's do it again from the top. And we're, we both get kind of amped up and he's getting more comfortable with talking louder in this deep voice. And so uh, that that's my first approach because at first it was like let's get you reading some scripts but he's not comfortable with his voice which I, I you know and i get it i get it so i'm trying now just some different things 
Yeah, it might be that it's still too new. I mean, he might have like just settled into it. Do you know what I mean? Like he's 17. I I do now. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, puberty hit and you went from Peter Brady to a very deep voice. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think about that. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a long time since since I've been in that, you know, in in that realm. And that's exactly what what happens. Yeah. You know? Well, that's great. I mean, I'm really glad that he has you guys to help him out with this because, yeah, that's something to figure out. Definitely. I think all of us in voiceover or anyone who uses their voice for anything, you need to get used to the sound of your own voice. It's just something that you have to figure out because otherwise Mm -hmm. you don't know how to use your instrument. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when answering machines came out the first time you heard your voice in the answering machine and felt weird i don't sound like that i was kind of thrilled actually i liked it i didn't know what was going on i i all i knew (laughs) is it was like a tiny show where you got to do something for a short amount of time yeah yeah it is it's it but yeah definitely hearing yourself recorded for the first time is a trip (laughs) yeah it's because you and i are so used to hearing us with or without but that takes a lot of time and still, you know, when you do the one ear off, one ear on, and you're listening to your voice when you're doing an audition and thinking, oh, yeah, that's great, and play it back, and, you know, maybe it's not what you wanted. But it, it is yeah. such a, a skill that we have to tune in and really have to pay attention. It definitely is. And I don't is. care about algebra. I care about voice. Like, that's that's my math. I get it. This, I got it. I get it. I'm not a school kid. So, yeah. well, all that being said, my approach is... uh is from uh, uh, derivative from the school curriculum, I guess, and just trying to find what makes you special and like what what's your superpower and let's do that then, you know. If you're not a chemist, let's not do chemistry. Let's do voice acting. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. So we kind of got sidetracked a little as to how you got into Batwell, <laughs> but you went from being wanting to be a, a radio DJ to what? Like how how did that transition happen? Did you get to you got to be a DJ? Yeah, I was I was I went to Auburn University. I'm an Auburn Tiger, and um, I was walking around campus aimlessly one day after class, and my best friend George, who now works in special effects in New York. He walked out and said, hey, man, you ought to sign up for MassCom. I went, all right, and went in and just signed up for MassCom. And then I started looking around. I was like, oh, they have a radio station here. I want to be on the radio. I've always wanted to be on the radio. And so I did a three-hour – it was crazy. You were supposed to take a class, but 
I love college. You know, I didn't take any class. <laughs> just I just experiment. ended up. Yeah, they gave me a three-hour jazz show every Sunday, which I was a jazz fanatic. I still love old-school wow. jazz. So I did a jazz show, just made it up as I went along, and then got an internship while I was um, at, a, at a couple of local real stations. Um, well, that, that was non-college stations, I guess, terrestrial radio, and um, started working there and got hired on midway through my internship, which was real cool. And then after graduation, I continued to be a DJ there at Mix 96.7 and 97.7 Kicker FM, which I love saying that still. Ninety-seven <laughs> very 97.7 Kicker <laughs> FM, doesn't it now? Ooh. I never once used that voice doing that station, but I, I always did impersonations of it. Um, and then moved back to Birmingham and got a job here in uh, a lot of different stations, alternative uh, classic 80s, which, ooh, that's a quick burn. You were tired of hearing that after a, a month. Then it's wow. still in the air. And then I did a morning show for a new country station. <laughs> and um, not knocking new country, it's just not my thing. But I did sure. that. And yeah. then I got out of that. Um, right after I got married, they actually hired the new morning show team for that station and then let go all of the DJs. And one thing that I realized is, when they say, yeah, we're not going to do contracts this year. It doesn't matter. Uh, next. Yeah. They're coming it matters. <laughs> They're just not asking you matters. to sign it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's what I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, you don't need to sign anything. You'll be fine. Good to see you. <laughs> so did you have yeah. a favorite like radio station format, I guess, that you really enjoyed? The very, I guess when I moved to Birmingham, the first one, it was alternative music and it was alternative in the, in the early 2000s. So when I hear it now, I'm like, oh my God, I used to have to play all that crap, but it was fun because I didn't pay for anything. This was, this was a very brief, very brief, amazing period of my life where I felt like I got treated like a rock star. I didn't pay for stuff at clubs. I got free tickets. I got free dinner. People were from record companies were taking you out. You didn't even know who they were. They didn't care who you were, but they just footed the bill. And it was, it was one of those like, this is what I wanted. Wow. This is Johnny Fever. This is radio. And, and then it kind of, honestly, it quickly declined after that because of, um, you know, Napster. changes and, and being able to, yeah, <laughs> Napster recording things, stealing things. Yeah. And, and the DJ really, um, for the companies I worked with, lost their importance to corporate the corporate creative team, which was a real disappointment. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting into something that you love to do your creative part. And then like, oh, yeah, welcome aboard. We don't do creative anymore. You know, you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, well, that sucks. All right. <laughs> yeah, it totally sucks. And they gave us scripts to read for each break, you know, and it was oh. such a bummer. So it was ready. It was time to go. And then I had at this one time I was working from six to midnight and I didn't have anything to do during the day. And my friends were always at work. And by the time they got off work, I'm going into the radio station. I was like, this sucks. So I came to Boutwell and I, I kind of knew the guys and was like, hey, guys, you mind if I hang out? I just need friends. And they're like, yeah, OK, cool. <laughs> and then I just started kind of interning and learning how they did what they did. And then when um, the radio station made its cuts, I came over here and uh, it's been, gosh, 16 or 17 years that I've been in this in wow. this building. Yeah, it's incredible. So Especially what have you for done? Someone that, 
Like when you when for you first got there. Well, I guess w- what I'm asking is, <laughs> I guess when you started, you were doing a certain type of work, and then it's probably morphed into many different types of work by this yeah. point. So yeah, like how how did that morphing happen? <laughs> I think a lot of anxiety and a lot of kindness from the people that I worked with because at the radio station we had uh, Cool Edit Pro, and it was this free software that the radio stations didn't have to pay for, and it would allow you to be able to do all your production work. And then uh, coming here and they have Pro Tools. So Pro Tools is light and day different from um, what I was working with. And honestly, it freaked me out. I was I was thinking like, oh no, oh no, they're gonna find out I'm a phony and I don't know what I'm doing. This is too much in voice acting. And I kind of got into it as a voice actor at first. And um, then just, filtered into learning how to apply the digital editing that I knew from the radio station and then learning all of the specific tools of Pro Tools to actually become an audio engineer. And it was just a lot of a lot of patience and a lot of learning and a lot of kind people that were helping me do the baby steps until all of those small things really started to make a connection. And I got it. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure that's a big part of your day from, you know, m- morning until night. <laughs> it is. And and really <clears throat> bridging the gap between newer, younger people who are moving into creative roles and agencies and they don't speak the lingo that you and I speak and that engineers speak because they're unfamiliar with the way the session flows. So when that happens and now that people have been coming back into the studio, it's really trying to mitigate the the weirdness of not knowing the definitions or the terms to ask for. So you know, Sean and, and I, if if you're caught with someone that doesn't know to say, hey, I really like that read through. How long was that? Then I'll say, hey, let's check the time on that. Hey, Dave, what did you think about that read? I like the emotion. Did it reach what you were uh, hoping, hoping to reach vocally? You know, and you got to feed people those lines. And that way the people can go, oh, oh OK, right. Yeah, that's what you cool. And it's just kind of making everyone not freak out because the session will go fine. If you don't freak out, the client, and the talent won't freak out. Yeah. I mean, and the talent's not going to freak out because usually you and, you know, you're on the same page with the engineer and you know how it's supposed to roll. So it's really just kind oh, of yeah. client management. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me tell you that uh, the audio engineer telling everyone that everything is okay helps the voice talent too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing scarier than those long pauses that between takes and you don't hear anything. Everyone's gone. You're in the ether by yourself. Oh, yeah. Waiting. I just had that happen to me on a session yesterday, actually. I was in I was in a session and it's a source connect thing. And uh, you know, we had finished doing all the takes, etc. And they were chatting back and forth to see what they were gonna do. And then all of a sudden my feed cut. Like the engineer had turned me off. <laughs> Oh, thanks, and I'm like, buddy. Um, okay, you, and no message on Source Connect, like no nothing, just like it was dead, right? And I'm still connected; it's still there. I'm supposed to wait until they come back to me, so I just have to, in my head, go, okay, that's how he rolls. <laughs> so I should really dust that corner of my booth. It looks like there's cobwebs. Yeah. Oh yes, I'm still here. I'm still yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you know, I asked him in the chat, you know, do I have time for a bio break? <laughs> and he a didn't get break. back to me for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, I call it. That's just and the I'm easiest like, thing to say. Gamers know what I mean. That's the, I'm totally using that. 
<laughs> got my book. I can write bio breakdown. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. <laughs> bio break. You know, that way you don't have to mention a bathroom or a washroom or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That isn't a bio break. Yeah. Yeah. And it could mean anything, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I need more water. I'm taking a bio break. Exactly. Exactly. That it's the one thing that I need more than anything. The one thing that I fear more than anything is being caught somewhere without water. Like on a shoot at the beach, you're going somewhere and someone says, oh, man, we didn't bring any water. That's when I go into panic mode. It sucks. Like I'm fine without food. I need water yeah. and I need it now. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong. I like caffeine and I've I've completely cut back on my intake from what it used to be. But learning the importance of vocal health before you do a session or before you do you know any anything with your voice is of the utmost importance definitely yeah so what do you do I can't imagine do you have like any particular I, things you run through yeah i um i yesterday when i was ready for our session to start <clears throat> 24 hours early i was i um <laughs> i was i was here i know i showed up i was I dropped my my puppy dog off to get her teeth cleaned, and then and which is a block away from here, and hopped right back into the studio, thinking, "All right, here we go." And I did all my warm ups, and I'm like, "Okay," and I got your email and went, "It's tomorrow." That's right. Okay, we'll do these warm ups again tomorrow. You're excited. That's good. I was. I was super jazzed. Wow. But my my typical warm up in the mornings, and it's it's a little bit dependent on what I'm reading. Uh, if I'm doing long form narration, I do a lot of hip hop. Um, there's three, there's four songs in particular, three hip hop, one jazz that I do. That is a lot of different voices. Like some of them are here and then some are up here and then it goes down here. So I run through, um, this song called do it my way by this hip hop group, black Alicious. And it's like the most dope song. It's so cool because it's got four or five, uh, I think four or five different segments where the voice Kind of goes from here and then down to here and then a little bit further. So it's such a great one. And I can feel my chest kind of warming up. So I'll do that song. <clears throat> then another one by a hip hop group from Los Angeles called uh, Jurassic Five. I love and the they name. Have a song. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. It's so Jurassic Five. And they are great. I got to see them live years ago. And this one song they have called High Fidelity is it is my song because there's one stanza in particular that when I learned it, I felt like a champ and it's a great vocal warm up. And it is, I, and I'm saying it slow. I'll tear a competitor, pluck them like chicken feathers. I'm better than ever. Incredible poetical editor dead or be better. I bet you regardless the weather when me and seven rapping together, but the way I do it is, I'll tear a competitor, pluck them like chicken feathers. I'm better than ever. Incredible, poetical editor, dead or be better. I bet you regardless the weather, whenever, when me and Seven rapping together. Wow. So yeah. this song is full of that kind of stuff. And that's what I do. So it's like a tongue twister. Very much so. <laughs> I'm addicted to tongue twisters. I love them. So that that's one of, one of the warm-ups. There's an old jazz song called All of Me uh, by this one group, Robert Moore and the Wildcats, they did a cover, but it's super fast. It's I like the way that he does the vocals. It's da -da 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 -da. So I like a lot of those things that'll wake up my tongue. And then it'll also kind of wake up my chest in case I have any, you know, milkweed, whatever it is that, that gives people allergies. Or, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know sure. what the allergens are anymore, but, um, because, you know, down in the South, we've got a lot of that stuff where you're driving to the studio and everyone's got their leaf blower out and, 
just trying to to battle those kind of things. So I like to kind of head that stuff off at the pass early in the morning, get a bunch of water in me, and then dance around the studio. I get very uh, physical when when I'm in the booth, but especially warming up. And the adage that you and I have heard a thousand times, motion creates emotion. Yes, yeah. Boom. That's everything you need. Chapter two, you know, that is that is so true. Because I feel like I'm in these rap groups when I'm jumping around. It's awesome. It makes you move and it gets your blood flowing and you're excited. And all of a sudden you realize you're smiling. You can't remember why. And you're like, oh, yeah, I just killed that verse. I did great. Oh, it's time for a session. I'd better get my script. Um, so those are my typical warm-ups. Plenty of water, nonstop talking, and um, and having read the script ahead of time. But for this, I was just like, it doesn't matter. I don't even remember what the questions were that I filled out on the questionnaire. I was like, nope, we're going to go. I just need to dance and I need to be active. I don't care. Let's talk about physics. Let's not talk about physics. <laughs> Let's talk about physics. I can answer anything. So that's my, I, I get warmed up by doing that. And, and a positive mental attitude. I really, before I go into the booth, I always say, I'm about to kill it. I am about to kill it because I'm awesome. And I don't ever say that to other people. It's not for other people to know. That's for me because, and I try to let other voice actors know this, especially when you work with newbies, <clears throat> you can kind of hear them a little bit hesitant. I'm like, dude, you got the gig. You got the gig. They don't, they kind of really just want to be on the session just to have something to do, you know, because how often are they like, no, we love the read. Um, but getting, letting people being able to show out their talent, you know, and if you've got the gig, you already won and they think you're awesome and they're falling over themselves all the time saying, we just, we love your voice. We listened to it in the office and, and it matched well with the thing we just want to know. We're so happy working with, they're just excited. So it's like, if you walk in knowing that you already got the gig and you're going to kill it because you're awesome, you're going to kill it because you're awesome. So those are my personal, <laughs> my mental ways of, of getting into the zone. Those are good ways. And having, yeah, it's it's it helps. I repeated fifth and seventh grade when I was in school, so I do career days, and I go tell kids that. And I'm like, guess what? It doesn't affect anything. You know what it taught me? Comedic timing, and also that I needed to pay more attention and be prepared for things. So <laughs> I use it as a twist. <laughs> I love it. I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast. Thrive After 55 writes, This is a gem of a podcast. Jody is not only an accomplished talent in voiceover and singing, but can now add gracious and welcoming podcast host. Her style of interviewing truly allows room for her guests to shine with interesting and intriguing information. This is a great add to your podcast listening. Thank you, Thrive, for your very kind review. And now back to the show. Getting back to one of those questions that you filled out on the questionnaire. I'm, I'm curious about something because you filled out um, what we hear and what we don't hear. And I'm, I'm curious what you meant by that. I, I'd love to hear what, you, what your thoughts are. This is how to split this into two. <laughs> when I was a kid, my family and I were taking a trip in the car. We were coming back from Chattanooga, from uh, going back to Birmingham. We were on the freeway. Dad's in the front seat, mom's in the front seat, my sister's sitting next to me, and I've got a giant empty cup. I needed to cough. And like kids do, they're just weird. I took the cup, and I went, <gasps> and I coughed into the cup. 
my dad grabs the wheel and swerves. My mom goes, ah, my sister goes, what in the world? And, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And everybody turns around and goes, don't ever do that again. And I went, I coughed in a cup and they were like, we thought a truck was about to hit us. And I'm like, there's not even a truck or like, we were the only car on the road. And, and everyone kind of got mad at me and I didn't know what in the hell was going on. And I, I didn't have anybody to really to, to bounce that off of. I just know like, oh, don't ever cough in a cup when you're in the back seat and you're driving down the road. That's you just don't do that. And none of that made any sense. Years later, I'm in a grocery store or at a Walmart or something. And I was in line and I heard a, I saw I saw two different things going on as I was just looking back and I always look around the room and I saw something, and this is not exactly, but it was like a wheel of a cart made some sort of weird squeak as this one person was walking past another. And it somehow made made these people think that that a slight had happened between them when all that happened was this weird confluence of sounds that made this mega sound. And it kind of confused a bunch of people. And they were like, excuse me, I didn't mean to get in your way. And I didn't jump in the middle and say, no, what you didn't see was that wheel squeaked and blah, blah, blah. But it was just one of those things that was so strange. And I thought, what in the world is going on? Like they, neither one of those people heard what really happened, but I, I did. And I can't explain because that would be weird. And then are you trying a few years ago, I, I should have jumped in and said yeah. something. No, it's confluence of sounds all mixed together. And, um, but do you remember a few years ago when the Yanny Laurel thing meme kind of came out online? It was a clip on YouTube of someone saying either Yanny or Laurel, depending oh, on what yeah. you heard. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. That thing changed my life. It flipped my world upside down because I really thought people were messing with me. Um, and I played it for my wife. We were, oddly enough, on our way to Chattanooga and on a vacation. And I played it and she said, no, I hear Yanny, but I had heard Laurel. And I was like, are you messing with me? This is the most serious moment in our relationship. You need to tell me, like, I think I'm going crazy because I'd played it for a bunch of people. And they were like, no, I hear Yanny. No, I hear Laurel. And what it was, was another engineer friend of mine, we messed with it. When you scoop out the frequency, the certain frequencies, it changes from Yanny to, which is what uh, younger ears will hear because they've got a higher frequency to Laurel. So if you sweep out these higher frequencies of eh, and it turns it more to you will hear Laurel. And it was the weirdest, the absolute weirdest sensation. And to think that all of these people reading the comments on this, people were like, you're wrong. You're an idiot. You're stupid. You know, that's not what they're saying. And I thought, that's amazing. This is kind of what I'm talking about. People are getting bent out of shape about something. They don't understand what's going on. It's a frequency thing. And it was just such a, a weird phenomena. And I totally bought into it, too. I thought people were messing with me when they're like, no, I hear Laurel. But then when you if you do that and you start sweeping this frequency out, you can hear the change. You know, if, if you're doing it and you're like, oh, that's what's happening. But then your brain sometimes has a hard time hearing the original thing. And it was just like it was such a weird sound mystery to me and fun but it really did change the way that i do my vo life and how i understand when this one client of mine said yeah you did good you didn't hit any of the s's these are all plural and i'm not going to say yeah i did but other people said nah bill he hit all the s's and he said play it back again play it back and all the s's were there and then i said 
interesting thing. Are you all familiar with the Yanny Laurel, you know, meme? And they weren't. And I took all the time to explain this to them again. And then Bill realized at that moment, he goes, I can't hear S's. I tell my wife all the time, she needs to put an S on the end of those words. And she is, and I just can't hear them. And I was like, holy cow, we're all in the middle of watching this guy realize that, that he's wrong. Like he does not hear what we hear. He heard different. And just how many times that that plays into what is it, Jody, what don't you hear? Cause I know what I don't hear. Like, what are we not, what can we orally not hear? I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's really, it, yeah, I take, I try to take more time when, when I feel that there is miscommunication on the line with folks, because I really do. The most important thing for me is like, I want to solve that Rubik's cube and be like, Oh yeah, that is weird. You say that over there and we say it like this. Oh, well then we'll say it the way you say it. So it fits in Oklahoma. Got it. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating so. actually. And I think um, that sometimes when you're listening to things online, so like I know Skype does this and, and I've had people say this to me when they're listening on Skype, that it takes the S's off, that that they're listening and they can't tell if it's a plural or not. So yeah, it, That's weird. yeah it depends on how you're listening to it too. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.